Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman and welcome to today's show as we continue to bring you a fresh podcast every day of England's Tour of India, which is, of course, as you know by now, live and exclusive to the Talk Sport Network, uh, Talk Sport 2, Talk Sport and also Talk Sport Cricket YouTube channel. Head over to there, subscribe. With the England team heading off on their travels today, following that defeat in the fourth test, it's a good time to change tack former England fast bowler and current director of cricket at Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Darren Goff was part of the commentary team for the Ranchi Test and during the lunch break on day one, sat down with Neil Manthorpe to look back and talk about the five cricketers who helped Goffey become Goffey. So within the list is a couple of heroes of his growing up and also three individuals who helped him in his early days as a professional, both for Yorkshire and England. Remember, we have plenty of content like this across on our TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel. So head over there, hit subscribe. But for now, enjoy as Darren Goff lists his top five favourite cricketers. Now, Jimmy Porter hat-trick. Darren Goff. Got it! Got it! Well-deserved. A magnificent delivery from Darren Goff. What a shot. Magnificently played, Richie Richardson. He's blasted that through the offside field. Really Nelson. What a sight. What about that? <laughs> Way to go yet. Oh, he's bowled him. Oh, it's all happening. That's superb cricket. Wacky Unis knocks over Ricky Ponting. He's straight down the leg side for the first time. Another really deserving wicket for Steve Oldham. Oh, OK. Wonderful shot, wonderful smile from Nasser Hussain. Bang, that's a fantastic shot. It's the Richie Richardson I know. And Makar Yunus, who is definitely going to be one of the greats of the game, really ripping that one. Shot, beautifully played, through the gap on the offside. Once again, Hussain playing that glorious cover drive. And his but surely is going to be it. A joyous, triumphant both of them. Arms aloft again. Oh, well, he got him, well bowled, a magnificent delivery by Goff. Bowled him, perfect Yorker. That really is a Waka special. Well, what a way to bring up his hundred. Hussain doesn't even run, just raises the arms. That's it, there's the in-swinging Yorker, perfectly pitched, perfectly bowled. Top stuff from Darren Goff. Welcome back to our live ball-by-ball exclusive uh, commentary and coverage of England's tour of India. It's lunchtime on day two of the fourth test match and uh, the home side 
India have reached 34 for one in reply to England's 353 all out. And uh, we'll bring you in a summary at the end of the lunch break of what's happened in the morning session if you're just joining us for the first time. Now, this new feature was uh, going to be my favourite cricketer, but then we decided that that's too hard. It's unfair. Who, how, who are we to ask Darren Goff who his single favourite cricketer is? So we've extended it to five cricketers who influenced you, inspired you, helped you become the cricketer, the great cricketer that you were, Darren Goff. And um, so we've, we've limited it to five. I'm sure you could probably have listed 55. But uh, five cricketers uh, who shaped who you became. Um, so let's start off at the beginning. Um, who, what's, your, what's your earliest memory of being super inspired? Super inspired? Um, I always believe when you're growing up, you get to an age of around 11, 10, 11, 12. And that's when it starts to take old of you what's happening in the world of sport football was always my main sport so Glenn Hoddle was 81 was my sporting hero along with Seve Ballesteros playing golf and Nick Faldo but in cricket there's only one man 81 Ashes I was born in 70 I was 11 and I saw this guy running in bowling swing aggressive enjoying himself smashing it all over and stuff like that. And I think my first bat then after that was a Duncan Fernley. Duncan Fernley attack. And that's Surian Botham. Absolute legend. Loved the way he played. And I wanted to... If I was going to be a cricketer, I'd have wanted to be Ian Botham. Lord. Yeah, Lord Sir Ian Botham. Ian Botham. Or beefy to his mates. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Um, we're we're going to circle back and, and talk more about him. But I want to make sure that everybody gets... Uh, a fair and equal mention on your list of five. So we'll come back to Lordy and both of them. Um, so he, he was one of the reasons you took up the game. Um, who's next on the list? Well, it would have been the guy who discovered me, really. Um, I, I went to a, just a normal school, right? State school, which wasn't really cricket-oriented. It was all about football. We played a bit of cricket. Yorkshire schools, I was always on the kind of... Um, you know, I was just not quite in the first teams at Yorkshire schools. Level, even though I used to open the bowling and batting for my town, which was Barnsley, which is still a, a, a huge area, I could not get in to the Yorkshire school system into the main team. I think it's cause there was a little bit of snobbery in it. The school I went to was rough, right? Where I come from, it was a, a, a roughish area. And it was very public school dominated back then. And if you didn't go to a certain person's nets you were never going to get selected in it, right? Everybody had to go to this one person's nets. But the one guy who saw me and saw beyond that was a guy called Steve Oldham. He played for Yorkshire, played for Derbyshire. He was never a great, but he was a good performer. And he took me under his wing. First time he saw me, he went, why is this kid not playing uh, in the uh, Yorkshire school system? Why isn't he opening the bowling next year? Open the bowling for the under-19s. And that was it. Happened so quick, and he took me under the wing. And we'll go into it more because he, he played a big part of, uh, in my career, and he's, he still does. I still speak to him all the time. Esso, as he was known, 129 first class games, 273 wickets at 32, but was, uh, was perhaps best known and is best known and, and best remembered for being a coach. Absolutely. Just go through the mid 90s, and when he was in charge of the bowling there. Goff, Silverwood, White, Sidebottom, Hutchinson, Hamilton, Kirby, Dolby, Hoggard, Bresden, Blaine. 
he brought all their, those on. Craig Wyatt fascinates me because um, I remember him being an off-break bowler and suddenly he was bowling at 90 miles an hour. SO turned him into a seamer. That's an astonishing story. I could, we'll come back, as I said, to him. Now then, uh, third on the list is one of the coolest men I think I've ever seen in the game. Which one? Richie Richardson. Oh, I'm going to say there's, there's two of them. Blackhouse, quite cool. But Richie Richardson, um, for me, was 93... I was starting to develop as a bowler. I still were a little bit raw. Um, and there were days when I'd bowl pretty quick and then other days when I'd be kind of medium, right? And I think it was a game against Hampshire. Uh, and when the captain of West Indies is so cool and he takes time out to push you because he sees the potential. I was playing against Hampshire. I got 4-4. Four, four. Sean Udall came into bat, who's a mate of mine. And um, he, he goes, he go, and I bowled him a, a juicy half volley, he hits me for four, and he comes running from slip, and he comes up, he says, you've got four wickets, young man. Not in them words, I'm saying it in a Yorkshire accent, but he said, you've got four wickets, you might be a friend. He said, but I'm going to tell you what to do here. He said, Malcolm Marshall's watching, because he was playing for them. He said, run in and knock his head off. And I ran in next ball, bowled him a bumper, bowled him another bumper, and then got him out and finished with five four. And he said to me that game, sat me down alongside Malcolm Marshall and I chatted for an hour and a half with him about cricket. Because he was one of my heroes as well, Malcolm Marshall, from that 80s era. But um, he just inspired me, Richie, captain of West Indies. And then I ended up playing against him and getting him out a couple of years later, which was a huge moment for me. I was so happy. I probably went OTT with it because it was shocking delivery. I think it was a full toss um, in a one-day game when I got him out. But absolute legend. Helped me so much. More of an inspiration, the West Indies captain, because everybody said the way I played was more like a West Indian than an English player. You know what I mean? The flair, where I bowled, the way I batted. <laughs> where, just the way I, bat, I went about things, yeah? Well, you've touched on uh, the, the other man on your list. I, I wouldn't have thought... That I wouldn't have put Wakar Yunus in, in my cool list. I'm not, he wouldn't have made my cool 11. Oh, my, cool my with a ball in hand, Pretty cool with a ball in hand. And it was, they come as a pair for me, Wakar and Wazim. But I go for Wakar because he's right-handed. It kind of made me watching him against England when England were 50, 60 for none every test match and then there were 120 all out. And watching that series, was it 92? So 92, I was still then very raw and I was still not getting a, holding down a first-team place with Yorkshire. And within a year... I was opening the bowling, knocking everybody over, going on an England day tour. And those two inspired me on that tour. And I thought, I'm going to bowl like that. And I changed my action slightly. Um, I dropped my arm, opened up quick, got closer to the stumps, opened my arm up when I wanted to bowl reverse swing. And then I, I, I become known, really, as the first English bowler to bowl, really, reverse swing. I don't think there's anybody before me who did it to the extreme. I did it with the Yorkers. And most of my wickets were LBW and Bowl, which was similar to Wakar. He brought reverse swing to a different plane of consciousness, and people <laughs> didn't, weren't aware of it. And I mean, I remember the earliest days of his county career, um, and batsmen had no idea. They just... I mean, he retired Jeff Humpage, who was... Uh, I remember, you know... Um, he, he, he retired was on, a few. on the verge of, of <laughs> retiring, but... He bowled him this massive in-swinging Yorker, which hit him on the foot. And he literally limped into the pavilion, threw his bat into the corner and said, that's me, done. Mm. He retired him. I mean, yeah. and 
he bowled so many people. You go back and look at Wakai Yunus when he was playing county cricket, and you look at the dismissals. How many people left the ball and got bowled leg stump? You'll be amazed. He played against Yorkshire, and I saw Phil Carrick, who, bless him, he's not with us anymore, but he left it. Pure leave, he was so confident with the leave, and his leg stump went flying out the ground, right? And Waka, the reverse swing late was just wow. And I, I practiced, I promise you, I practiced so much with that ball. I had an old ball, and I had it with me for six years. It went on tours with me with England, and I used it until it literally just fell apart in New Zealand. I was actually it was in New Zealand again when it just fell, fell apart. It split and everything. That was it. But I had it six years, that ball, and I bowled with it. So it must have been nearly a 1,000 overs old, this ball, and I was still bowling with it and practicing reverse swing. I know that there's a, a, a dark art to, to reverse swing say, sometimes, occasionally, but there is also legitimate ball maintenance, and you have to learn that. You can't just, it's not just about your arm action and, and, and your, your wrist position yep. and all of those things. There is, ball maintenance is critical, and Absolutely. you must have been at the forefront of that as well. Yeah, your exp- experimenting. A lot of people always used to say, don't get it wet, keep it so dry, you know what I mean? One side's going to natural scuff up with the surface, the other one just keep it dry and shine it and, and all that sort of stuff. You see, I experimented. I went to, um, um, when we went to Pakistan in 2001, the last of my tours really before my injury, when I knew it was going to be difficult in Sri Lanka and Pakistan, I actually soaked the ball. I soaked it. The whole thing, not one side? Yeah, one side. Soaked okay. it rather than do the opposite. So I experimented all the time. If it didn't work doing one way, I did something else. Um, and yeah, ball maintenance is a big part of it. But the biggest part for me that not enough people practice, and I remember this from my coaching stuff and doing stuff with England in the 19s a few years ago, I said to him, I gave them all a ball. I used to give everyone a new ball. Right, that's your new ball. There's your old ball. There's your two practice balls. Put your name on it. These are yours. You don't lose them. They're your two balls. That old ball stays with you for the next year or so, two years you practice with it. And I said, have you ever seen reverse swing? And all of them. England 19's this. <laughs> no, never seen one. Never practiced it. Never done anything. I, I was like gobsmacked. Because they're playing against India, who were bowling slow balls out of the backhand, reverse swing. They were so far behind India um, in this series. And then they were practicing bowling the reverse, and none of them could control it. So I got these balls that were really reverse. I really, we did the exaggeration on them, scratched them on the floor and everything so they could practice. And the, the hardest thing is getting your action right, because it changes your own alignment and where you want to set it off. So all of them kept bowling it down the leg side, you know. And, and that's, that's why you have to practice it. You can't just run up, oh, it's reversing, I'm just going to run up and put it on a length of line. It's different. It goes later, it goes faster, and you have to practice it. It's a huge art. The quarter seam obviously plays a role as well. But, I mean, wetting one side of the ball, uh, we see sometimes uh, you use um, sweat. You used to use saliva when you were allowed to. Um, but making one side of the ball heavier than the other is did, ma- yeah. makes makes sense doesn't it was it the same process every time or was sometimes was it keeping one side super dry other times wetting did did the, uh, the process of making the ball reverse change well i'll tell you when i used to do it when it was really really dry the g- ground i used to soak it so everybody else might have been on a different planet to me but in my head 
when it was really, really dry, I said when I toured Sri Lanka, toured um, Pakistan, I really soaked it. And I tried to tell the players, but you know what it's like. Some listen, some don't. Everybody you're... needs to understand what's happening. Right? Yeah, and that was a big frustration back then because not many people did understand it. I think now there's a lot more communication, a lot more people know how to use it, and they're all on the same page, right, meeting after meeting. But you can imagine in the mid-90s, there wasn't really about meeting. Some of the coaches we had were just not, well, yeah, just give it your goffy, he'll ball with a reverse swing. Um, you know what I mean, or Corky or Craig White. So luckily we had three guys who could do it in that um, in that mid-90s, late-90s. Okay, we're kind of circling back towards uh, Lord Ian Botham, or just beefy as he was um, <clears throat> in his earliest days. But he, he, the secret about getting the best out of him was having the right captain, and Mike Brealey was obviously the, the man who brought out the best in Sir Ian Botham. Um, and... And you, you were a similar maverick genius, and people said, like, you, well, you, you need to bring out the best in Goffey. And I know that Alex Stewart was your first captain, but Nasser Hussain captained you most. And was, uh, was he the, the Mike Brealey to, to you? Did he bring the best out in you? He's on your list. Yeah, I mean, I think what happened is, is but I played under some captains that really didn't really suit me and my personality. Yorkshire was David Bias, England was Michael Atherton. Michael Atherton was a top player, um, but he was very focused on his game as well, and he didn't really understand a lot about fast bowling. Alex Stewart then came for me, who was totally different. He was supportive, he chatted to me about bowling, he was good, but that wasn't for a long period, was it? It was a real short period. And then NASA, and NASA just backed me to the hilt, similar to what Ben Stokes does with his team. When you trust someone, and you believe in someone, and you know he's a big part. If England are going to do well, he, he needed me to bowl well. Me and Caddick as a partnership, right? We're both totally different characters. He knows what I'm like. I can be stubborn. But he knows. He winds me up to the point where I'm, like, wanting, like, you know, and that's where I had to get myself into, where I'm, nothing's going to stop my concentration. Because I could drift. I could drift. I was sometimes away with the fairies. And he just kept me on point. He'd literally, he would keep me on point. Because he, he would come to me some days and call me every name under the sun. And he knew that would get me wound up. And I used to go back at him and back at him and back at him. So it was like a love-hate relationship. Did but you it know worked you so were, well. Did you know you were being wound up? Did you know that that's what he was doing? Yeah, but was I, he... I, I knew I was being wound up, but I've, I, I used to bite all the time. I couldn't stop myself biting at him. Um, and I wouldn't, and he respected me as well because I would go back at him. I wouldn't just say, all right, and then go away and moan at him. I'd moan to his face and tell him what I thought of him to his face. And I think there's still a huge respect between me and NASA. Whenever we see each other, there's a huge respect. We still hardly talk. I mean, <laughs> you know what he's like. He's, he's not the easiest to talk to NAS. But I think between us, there's a huge, huge respect. Huge respect. It's back to uh, it's Ian Botham then. Um, he was the inspiration, not just to you, but to, I would say, literally hundreds of thousands of people. Um, <laughs> what's your, what was your relationship like then as you became, you started your Yorkshire career and went through your, your career and well, your England career? How did your relationship shape with him? Yeah, I think it's a decent relationship, but I've always still been a little bit shy when it comes down to beefy, you know. Because he was my hero growing up, 
and it's not one of them where a lot of people say you should never want to meet your heroes because sometimes you meet them and you know what I mean you're disappointed I wasn't disappointed when I met Beefy I, I, I thought he was exactly what I, I was I'd seen him in Panto seen him in Panto and <laughs> seen him perform and he played football as well which was another interest I had so him on question of sport all these sort of stuff were like he was just a huge celebrity wasn't he and he still is right everybody still knows who, who Beefy is and the amazing thing is he was born on 24th of November. My son, oldest son, was born 24th of November. And he's called Liam James. Guess what Beefy's son's called? Liam. Liam James. Oh. I couldn't believe it. I, di I didn't know that at all. It was just pure coincidence. Born on the same day as Beefy, and my son's the same name as his son. Mad, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. He's really mad. But he's an absolute ledge. And every time I see him, I say hello, but it's... I still feel kind of, when I see him, it's like... In awe. I, yeah, I don't know what to say to him. I've had a drink with him and everything, and I'm more comfortable having a drink with him uh, than, than anything else. But, I, I th listen, he's the stand gold standard. For anybody who's my age, and I'm 53, growing up, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't adore beefy as a cricketer there's plenty of others that era malcolm marshall was a, a huge i'm a huge fan of him richard adley Kapil dev imran khan all those all-rounders the kind of in your head you know you, that's what you want to be you want to bat you want to bowl you want to field when your career was uh, when you were at, at your peak in your pomp um did you remember the influence that Ian Botham and those early characters had on you? And were you conscious of the influence that you were having on youngsters who were also looking up to you in the same way that you did with him? Do you know, when I was playing, I didn't really think... If I knew Beefy was commentating, I probably might have stepped up a yard. I wanted to impress him. But the only person that used to enter my mind when I played at my peak was Steve Oldham. Because back then we were allowed phones... And all he had to do, because he'd known me from 15, if I was, he'd text me. So I'd come off at lunchtime, look at my phone, and it'd be front arm, get it a bit higher, you know what I mean? You're falling away a little bit too early, come a bit straighter in, you run up. He'd just say code messages to me, which I understood, and I knew, because he had been my coach from being 15. And it's not that, if you speak to him about me, he'll tell you, he very rarely had to do anything with me. I was a natural kind of bowler. All he had to do, just keep me in check with those natural attributes and make sure sometimes when I got tired, that's when I opened up a little bit too early and then, you know what I mean, lower arm came, probably because I was bowling Yorkers as well, trying to go for that magic ball. And then when I took the new ball in the second innings or something, if I've been bowling a lot of Yorkers, I won't get in the swing I normally get because my arm was a little bit low and my front arm was pulling away too early because of the practice I've been doing of Yorkers. So he was just there as my eyes because he knows me better than anyone else. So he was my eyes. You became the celebrity like uh, Syrian Bertham, I mean, you, you know, with Strictly and, and, and all of your... All of the things you did off the field when you finished I'll be doing the foot sock next one. I was putting my feet... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but back to the point about you becoming a, a, an icon and uh, a role model for, for youngsters. You, you kind of sidestepped that. I mean, you very personable. Uh, you, you like to be around people. Um, yeah. And that's, that wasn't always the case with, uh, with Beefy, was it? I mean, he, no. he, he knew that he was 
Well, still is. He's still people, he's still very guarded. Guarded. He's, he's, that's he, good word. He's, yeah. very, he's still very guarded. That's um, not your style, though. No. Are, are no. you aware of of the influence and yeah. effect that you will have on youngsters? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And 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 like I said, no matter what era you're from, you remember growing up. And for, so for me, that era just before me were beefy, and that's who influenced me. And then there's players behind me who played probably five or six years I might have played with who would say that I influenced them in some small way, right? And and then I know when I'd gone there and I was still playing at the end, people like your Harmersons, your Flintoffs were coming through, your Petersons, your Vaughns, and they influence people. And it changes all the time. And now you look and you're looking at this. Stokes influences people. Root influences people. Anderson and Broad. So it's changing all the time. And... Again, there's more 11-year-old kids waking up today and watching the cricket, and they'll be hoping to see a Robinson or an Anderson uh, taking five wickets, and then they'll look at the TV and go, I want to be like that, or I want my hair like Ollie Robinson, or I want a bat like Joe Root. And that's what's great about it, because you can see it happening. And my kids are the same. My kids, when they were growing up, it's amazing, they both stood like Kevin Peterson. And I ended up being his best man, right? You know, you know that. But my older son used to stand like Kevin Peterson when he batted. And he'd change with a window. Whoever he was watching on TV, he'd change all the time. So it was KP for a while. Then it was probably Joe Root. Then it was so. And he's changing all the time. Rather than be himself, he's influenced by watching TV. And look how many Malingas there is now. Yeah. Wherever you go in the world, man, as a new commentator all around the world, how many bowlers bowl yeah. like Malinga? I've never seen as many. I know. I, I thought it would be a one-off. First time I saw Lasseter and Inger, I thought Everywhere. nobody will ever bowl like Everywhere. that again. Yeah. Um. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Was there a spell back to Waka Yunus? Because um, I was mesmerized in the early stages of his career. When I saw reverse swing, I'd never seen it before. It was like a different game. Was there a, a delivery, particular delivery or a spell from Waka? that you remember thinking, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. And do you think you ever emulated it? So was there a spell that you bowled when the ball was really hooping from a foot outside off stump and tailing in towards leg stump? Well, yeah, I've got definitely moments in my career when um, I look back and I think, weren't quite as quick as Waka. I think Waka (laughs) had a quicker, uh, another gear to me. Um, 
but I definitely he would have watched me at certain parts I played against me in that 2001 Pakistan series and I was probably quicker than him then by the way and I probably bowled better Yorkers than him then in that series so he would have looked and he knows I, I liked him I played against Wazim Akram and many times I used to admire Wazim playing against Yorkshire for Lancashire and thinking how is he doing that swinging the ball round the wicket remember the World Cup 92 I mean, those deliveries from round the wicket, swinging away from the right-hander, ridiculous, and then in. Uh, but Waka, for me, was that series against England. It might have been Edgbaston, where England were... There might have been 100 for one. I think Stewie was 70 of them. And then he come on, and he just went... <laughs> and it was just like 140 all out. I've never seen anything like it. And I'm thinking, flat pitch, England are cruising... Suddenly, the ball is misbehaving. It's swinging massively in from two foot outside off stump. There's got to be something in that. And I practised. And I promise you, that was a game changer for me. If I would have never seen Waka and Wazim doing that, 92 World Cup, and then playing against England in that series, I can't remember what year it was. It might have been 92. Could have been 93. But I remember it and thinking, I'm, I'm going to do that. A final word then to, to, to NASA. One of my favourite comments was when he and Duncan Fletcher got together. I can't remember which one is actually credited with saying it, but they said, we might not be the best team in the world. We might not be good enough to become the best team in the world, but we can at least be the best team that we can be. And that would have been Fletch. Was that, is He'll that read it out of someone's book. <laughs> He's a big reader, Fletch. But you were, I, I just think that those two turned around an, an yeah. ordinary England team, and you were at the forefront. Absolutely. That. I think what they worked out, Duncan, when he first came in, I'll never forget it. He came in, and we all looked at each other. Who's this? He doesn't say anything. For, literally, for two months, he did not say a word. And everyone was talking about it like you do. He said, this is useless, this bloke. He doesn't do it. But what he was doing... He's just watching. He was watching for the people that he wants to be around and he believed that could fight for the shirt and get the best out of it. And I'll tell you what, he found them. And that period, when they say English cricket was rubbish, he wasn't. That was a good side. To go to Sri Lanka and win, a beat a top Sri Lankan side, by the way, go to um, uh, Sri Lanka and Pakistan and win. But the only team we didn't beat was Australia. And I think that will always be something that bugs me. Alex Stewart, Graham Mick, Michael Atherton. None of us won an Ashes series, right? And it bugs us because we had a good team. We had a good team. We never played our best team. The selection committee back then was mad. It changed from every single day. Um, but we, we could have, but we just, just couldn't get over the line. Darren Goff's five favourite cricketers, uh, Siri and Botham, Wako Yunus, Richie Richardson, uh, Steve Oldham and Nasser Hussain. It's lunchtime on day two of the fourth test match. India will resume shortly on 34 for one.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.